and welcome to Torah Talks Chazak's Tuesday night program with special guests. Tonight we have with us a very special guest, a very dear friend of Chazak, Rabbi David Shelby Shlita Baruch Welcome, Rabbi. How are you doing? Terrific. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Honor all Thank us. you for having me. Rahim Abim, welcome. Me. All the way from Flatbush. <laughs> yes. Well, for someone to come to Chazak, they'll come all the way from the other end of the world. <laughs> Bravo, <laughs> what you do here. Thank you very much. Just the beginning. And uh, tonight we're going to be speaking about Maran. His yard said his Askara is coming up. And uh, we're going to message him here about the rabbi's connection with the Rav and some stories and some chizuk. But before we get to that topic, a little bit of background about the rabbi. Appreciate it, yes. So I grew up in the Syrian community in Brooklyn, New York. And Chacham used to visit us. And from a, being a little kid, I we used to love him and we used to see him. And my father used to take us to Eretz Israel when we were kids, before it was in style. Today it's in style to go to Israel. <laughs> but back then it was not in style. And he would take us and we would pray with Chacham Ovadia, etc. And get Berachot. And we loved him from a young age. Then uh, we, you know, we would come back. I went to school there and everything. And then when I got older, I learned in Eretz Israel when I finished high school. Every single Motzei Shabbat, we would go to Chacham Ovadia's class. And you have 2,000 people in one building where the rabbi used to give his class. Then it went on before internet was invented. They made a satellite and it was all over the world, 100,000 people watching the rabbi's class. So because there were so many people, Hamavadiah, when he sat to give a class, instead of facing straight, he would turn a little because there was a Sefer Torah behind him, a Hechal, an Aron Kodesh, and he didn't want to put his back to the Hechal, so he turned like this. We used to go an hour or two early to his class just to get the seats right here because there's 2,000 people watching but he would look right there and we would go there every single Motzei Shabbat and that's when we started getting close to him Baruch Hashem then I was lucky I got came back here I got married and I moved to Eretz Israel, and I, Hashem was good to me I lived right next door to the rabbi literally uh, for uh, nine years. God bless my wife. It wasn't easy uh, for a girl from Brooklyn, New York to go to live in Eretz Israel. You know, sometimes people say they go to the hotels, they're in the presidential suite. They say, I could live here forever in a pres- presidential suite. Anyone can live forever. But when it's roughing it in Eretz Israel from someone from America, that's not so easy. And I was lucky to learn in his kolel, and I became literally a son of the rabbi, an adopted son of Ben Bayit, as they say. And after about nine years, that's when he told us to move back to America. America. Wow. And I begged him for one more year, and he said, it's time to go back to your community to teach. The rabbi always said, l'mod al-minad l'lamed. To teach in order to, to learn to teach others. Uh, yes. And we, I begged him one more year and he said, no, but Baruch Hashem in his humility and his greatness, he made my wife and my, myself and my family a going away party. They made a huge siudat pereda and the rabbi spoke and it happens to be the same reason why we just had Shemini Atzeret. Hashem says, Kashe Alai Predatchem. The rabbi said the same thing about us, and 
Baruch Hashem, I came back here and I started teaching. And even though I moved back here, but I would go every few months. I was with the rabbi's family all the time, talking on the phone. But I would go every few months to spend the Shabbat together with the rabbi. And then come back here and uh, give over stories. All I did in my classes was talk about the rabbi. There's millions of millions of stories. but And when I would talk to people, they would say, could you take us? And then we started making trips to Eretz Israel and going and bringing them. And they, they started loving the rabbi. They were donating his sefarim and they just wanted to be a part of it. And we kept making trips, believe it or not, every few months to go to the rabbi. And we would get there, we would land about 5, 6 o'clock, go to the hotel shower. By the time we got to the rabbi's house, it was 12 at night, midnight or 1. We would go into his house at that time of the night. You would think the house is sleeping. The rabbi was learning with more koach, even up to his 90s, um, learning, and we never disturbed him. The boys would be taking pictures and FaceTiming and showing their kids, this is the rabbi, and the rabbi had no idea we were there. And then all of a sudden he would pick up a book or something and he would look up and he says, hey, what are you doing here? (laughs) And then, of course, he stopped everything because he loved us all. All he wanted to do was give chizuk, just like Chazak does. Bravo. I actually had a similar story. I had this good to meet the rabbi and the gabayim, the helpers, told me, go in. And I go in, and I tell them that uh, <laughs> I don't see the rough. They start laughing. I'm like, what's so funny? They like go around. There are so many sparring in front of the rabbi right. wow. that wow. I, I was also very nervous yes. and young. Yes. But uh, put myself to the side. You know, there were prime ministers and presidents Correct. that would come to the rough. I'm an eyewitness. And the rough was no a little idea. I'm an eyewitness. I saw that many times with my own eyes. Unbelievable. Correct. So uh, there's... As you said, there's so many stories about Ravavadi Yosef. There's millions of stories. Millions of stories. But if the rabbi has maybe one story that sticks out of all the stories out there, what would it be? I know it's very difficult (laughs) to choose. Correct, correct. There's literally, like we said, there's even stories happening after he passed away. And if they weren't documented by real rabbis and Chacham Moshe Yosef verified a story how even nowadays people are having miracles from the rabbi which you wouldn't believe and if you would talk about miracles with Hamvad Yah he would say impossible he didn't <laughs> like you know he wasn't so uh, big on mysticism but because he cared for Am Yisrael so much that they say greater are the tzaddikim in the next world than in this world. And if he cared so much, I told the children in school today, we were talking about chesed because of Noah, he was on the teva, changing the world to be olam chesed yibaneh. I said, is it a coincidence that this week is the passing of Chacham Ovadiah? I said, even the housekeeper, she wasn't Jewish and I just told the children this morning, I said, because she knew me, I would go there for Shabbatot all the time. And she knew I was Baruch Hashem, part of the family. And her name was Maria. And when we went for the Shiva, 
we I saw her crying, we were all crying. But a housekeeper that's not Jewish is crying for Chacham Ovadia. And she's, I ask her, Maria, why are you crying? Which point it hurts you the most that you're going to miss? She said, I'm here for a bunch of years. He was the busiest man or angel than anyone on the planet, literally. And his mind is on Torah, 40,000 Sepharim on his mind. No one could fathom how his mind had so much Torah. I one time by mistake left the wrong wrong book on his desk in the wrong spot. I used to bring my own Sepharim to learn there. And one time I borrowed the rabbis while I was there. I would be lucky to sit on the side and just when he would be learning with his fire and everything, I would be learning on the side. And I forgot to put the book. I couldn't bring the book back into the house. So I put it on his desk. And then the next morning when I said, I have to return that book, it was filled with notes the next day because his mind has millions of compartments and he keeps filling up each compartment. And he says, when I get to that book, then I'll write the notes in it. Mm -hmm. And when he saw it, he said, hey, it's here, right? So she knew how busy he was. And you mentioned you saw Sefarim on his desk. I'm not exaggerating. I saw, I one time got off the plane and got to his home and was watching him. He must have had a hundred Sepharim open at the same time. Now he had a photographic memory and everything was intertwined perfectly. Some people might memorize a book and you ask them how many times does it talk about a certain subject, they would tell you, let me think for a second and they have to go through the whole book in their mind and then count. He would tell you on the spot, just like this stories were how he beat the computer many times. So his mind was busy, his Sephardim. She knew how much he cared for Am Yisrael. And 24-7 people coming in, crying, begging um, appointments. And she saw this. And she tells me, you know what I'm going to miss the most? He never ever sat down without making sure. Would Never sat down to eat without making sure that I had food as well. A non-Jewish woman, how much did he care? So someone who cares that much in this world, obviously he's going to care even more if the Gemara says, Gidolim, they're greater in the next world even more than here, right? Imagine that you know, there's a saying, Tovim Tov Shebarofim the Gehenam. So our rabbis explain what does that mean, right? That they, they're going to Gehenam. Some people are so good, they heal other people not only physically, mentally, emotionally, and they even go in the next world to save them out of Gehenam, not only in this world. So obviously. The rabbi is going to do that. And you hear stories where there was a widow thrown out of her home, unfortunately, and one night she had to sleep in the park. And the next morning, five, six in the morning, a wealthy man from the community comes running into the park, screaming, where are you? And she didn't know he was referring to her. And he, she says, are you talking to me? And he says, yes. He says, I promise you, I'm going to take care of you. You're never going to have to worry again. You, we're buying you a house. You're never going to have to sleep under these circumstances. How she got to those circumstances is a long story. But he said, you're never going to have to worry again. And she said, had you know I was here, and who are you? He says, doesn't matter. 
You're not going to believe it anyway. She says, tell me. And he said, Chacham came to me in a dream. And he said, you go to the park. There's a woman there that's a widow and you help her, right? And is it a coincidence that the guy came to the park? Obviously, it's a true story. And Chacham Moshe Yosef verified it from A to Z and he let them put it in the safe and he says, I know it's 100% true. So even though he's not with us, his legacy obviously lives on. We miss him like crazy. Everybody has a hole in their heart without Chacham Ovadia in the world. Some people have trouble even watching his classes so many years later because they miss him. But the Sefarim and the Torah that's out there, Baruch Hashem from the Rabbi, it's literally and also of course the chesed so if I, that was the story that I mentioned to the children today we have to share it with the world and there's millions of stories literally about caring about Torah every single subject in the world there's thousands of stories with the rabbi and he was one man could we even call him a man but he changed the entire world from being a little boy with no money right he almost worked worked in the uh, grocery store. It's a famous story. And Chacham Ezrati has said, better I work than he work. Let him go. And he changed the world. Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef should live and be well. Right? He's continuing his father's legacy. But when he was a little boy, his father took him to Ashkenaz Asifot. Stadiums with all Ashkenaz, which is beautiful, but they were talking in Yiddish. Hamavadiyah mm-hmm. maybe knew two words in Yiddish. Mm-hmm. Till he started saying the word glat. That's Yiddish, right? He always said, Halak bet Yosef, but people, he even parved, he didn't, he used to say, not meat, not dairy, people are like, huh? Then he started saying a couple, as you know, so he has no idea what the words are. As a matter of fact, there's a couple of tishuvot that the rabbi writes in Yabia Omer. And I once told the rabbi, believe it or not, we know Hashem just in Parashat Bereshit, Hashem created the world. So Hashem, the Zohar says, looked into the Torah, and he created the world. Right? God looked into the Torah and created the world. It's an entire world, a million fold, in a set of Sephardim. And I once told the rabbi as a compliment, Usually, you know, in the old days he would say, no, don't say that. And he, he liked the compliment and he said, thank you so much, right? I'm not worthy, but he thanked me. So in Yabia Omer, you, he quotes the Noda Bihuda, She'elot v'teshuvot, right? From Rabbi Haskel Landau. And in the Teshuvah, the question was in Yiddish, but the answer was in Lashon Kodesh. So Hamavadya writes in Yabi Omer, he says, I don't understand, I don't understand how to read the question, but from the answer, obviously you could tell what the question <laughs> was, right? So his son Hamitzhak Yosef asks him, Dad, why are we coming to these stadiums, it's beautiful, right, with everyone together, but we have no idea what we're talking about. And he was a little kid, and he says, you know why? Because watch and see, we're going to have this for Sephardic jewelry as well. And I want you to see as a child, you're going to be a witness that we came here, and we're going to do the same. Mahzir and of course, boy, did he, maybe Mahzir Atara Liyoshna, 
with the, uh, everything he did. He never, ever relaxed in his life. He always worried about the people, no matter who it is. People that had no life, people who have mental problems, whatever it might be, he worried about them no matter what. As a matter of fact, I'm sorry, I'm you, you might have another second. question. This, this but once I start with the rabbi, that's it. I hope there's enough uh, enough room on the video. Uh, but the, we just had September 11th commemoration. Hashem shall watch us all. And I was with the rabbi when it happened. Oh, wow. For two weeks... After 9-11, he was crying like a baby every single day. And he made me call America every day to find a story of how people got saved because he couldn't function knowing that such a tragedy happened. And I went into his house to get a beracha. I think it was Erev Roshanah, right after 9-11. And it was just the rabbi learning, and Baruch Hashem, I was lucky to go in. And I go in, and I got a beracha, and I spoke to the rabbi, and he thought I left. And he didn't know I was still there. And he starts talking to Hashem. He says, Hashem, please, we need the Mashiach. Look what's happening in the world. How could bad people do such terrible things to such good people? He was talking a regular conversation wow. with Bore Olam. Right? So, exactly. What a big loss for Klaus. Exactly. exactly. You know, I'll tell you an interesting story recently. I actually had a plumber come to my house. And he saw a picture of Ravadia. And he's like, uh, Ravadia? I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> he's like, let me tell you a story. I'm like, sure. Stories are great. See, I used to be the delivery of the cleaners of his glima. Beautiful. And uh, he's wow. like, I would always want to get a bracha blessing. Beautiful. And they would say, no, and this, we that. It was pushed off, pushed off. And he said one time, listen, I need a bracha for a child. Many years passed, unfortunately, he didn't have a child. He said, then he got a bracha from Ravavadia. Nine months later, he had a baby boy. Wow. Mamaj Risi, wow. I just got this story. Beautiful. The stories that you said Beautiful. are endless. That Correct. Matter, Jesus, Correct. Inspiration. And from one human being. Shh. So everybody knows of Rav Avadia, like the rabbi mentioned, uh, wrote many sfarim, and uh, Baruch Hashem, we all know his kids, Baruch Hashem, the, 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 the children God are, are continuing all. his right. legacy, Hacham David has been here many, many times, yes. Hacham and yes. the other, the sons yes. and everyone, Baruch Hashem, Mishtabach Shemalad. But uh, one thing people don't realize sometimes is his Zikui Harabim, he's going out to the public and inspiring the masses, you touched on it a little bit. Correct. You could add a little bit to that and uh, the Rav's legacy. Every single Elul, the entire 30 days before Rosh Hashanah, Chacham was never home at night. He used to say, are we going to go into a day of judgment and worrying about ourselves when our brothers are out there and our sisters who need Chizuk even after he was 90, for decades and decades and decades, he would go to one city one night, another city. He would say selichot with them. He would give them a divrei Torah inspiration. Thousands of people all over Eretz Yisrael. He would go sometimes two cities a night. He would go by helicopter, by car. No matter what it was, he would go. And he, he today, it's in style to make people religious. Yeah, he goes, he takes boys who went off the D and he's bringing them back and it's beautiful. 
Bravo to everyone. However, a million years ago, it wasn't really the style. And Chacham Ovadia used to do it, walk from place, and he didn't get money from it, and he didn't get any honor. He was poor for many, many years. And one of the smartest young children back then who knew good merchandise, he should live and be well, Rabbi Ruven Elbaz, Rosh Yeshiva of Or Hayim. He was a little kid, and for some reason, he started following Chacham Ovadiah. Every Shabbat, from one shul to another shul to another shul, seeing them, seeing the rabbi, making people religious, hugging them, caring about them. And Rabbi Elba said, if the most important thing in the world to Chacham Ovadiah is Torah, but if he's taking off uh, hundreds of hours a month just to help the people, obviously helping the people is so important. And Rabbi Elbaz has thousands and thousands of soldiers and people that he made religious all because he was a smart kid and he saw true merchandise. He followed Chacham Ovadia around. Chacham writes in his book on family purity and he was never ever boastful. He was always humble, obviously. I went to stadiums with the rabbi. Hundreds of thousands of people screaming and singing, right? It's a song that they sing for Gidolim, etc. And he would whisper under his mouth, I am nothing but dust. But sometimes he had to let the cat out of the bag, as they say. He had to show some things. There were people who thought that he was disrespectful to the Benish High. And I said, he loved the Benish High more than anyone would ever love anybody. He read a Sephardim. And the Benish High came to him in a dream. And we don't want to get too mystical. A dream, not a dream, whatever it was, let's just say a dream. And Havadya is in his study. And like we said, his desk was like Har Sinai with all Sepharim, even though he memorized all of them, but he never wrote and quoted a Sefer till he saw it again with his own eyes. So all of a sudden he's writing and he picks up his head and he sees the Benish High in front of him mm. opposite his desk. He stands up and he starts kissing the Benish High's hand and he says, Rabbi, he was embarrassed like the Benish High's here. And the Benish High was looking at one of Chacham Ovadia's Sefarim. And the Benish High tells Chacham Ovadia, you have no idea how much Hashem loves your Sefarim. Imagine. And mm-hmm. Chacham was humbled and he says, I wish I could sit down and write more Sefarim instead of going around. And he looks at him and he says, as much as he likes your Sefarim and the Torah, he loves when you go and you bring back the people. Together also he mentioned in the dream on Ravi Yudat Satka, right? Chacham Vajaya's good friend, his son Rabbi Moshe, he should live and be well. Bezrat Hashem. So the rabbi went all over. I remember... I was lucky also, thank you Hashem, maybe he knew, I knew uh, you guys, so <laughs> that's why the rabbi would let me in. But every morning I would go into the rabbi's house, 40 minutes to an hour, 
before prayers, before anyone was there. And I would watch him and I would look at his desk. There's even mystical stories. There was no cameras back then on the phones and we didn't have cameras like. So if I saw something very interesting on his desk, I would, there was a photocopy machine there, the old fashioned ones. I would photocopy something and, and I have a whole loose leaf in my home of all the special things that I found. One day I found something. I don't know how, what, when, and where. It was a camilla, a camilla, an amulet, silver, sheet of real silver with names of angels etched out on both sides. And I saw this and I never saw that before. And yours truly took it and went to the photocopy machine and I copied both sides. And I put the papers in my loose leaf. I remember putting it in there. We moved to the United States and I put all my stuff. I have a little shrine, a little museum, Baruch Hashem. And when I looked through that thing a bunch of years ago through my loose leaf, those two pages were missing. Oh, wow. I don't know why, <laughs> what. The rabbi didn't want me to have it. Whatever coincidence, take it as you wish. But anyway, once I was lucky to go in the mornings. One night, he went to two cities with, unfortunately, Rabbi Shalom Kohen just passed away. His memory should be a blessing for us. And he was 10 years younger than the rabbi, rabbi, to say the least. And, you know, he was robust, Rabbi Shalom Kohen. And Rabbi Shalom Kohen, he said, I heard it with my own ears. He said, we went to two cities, silly chod, speeches, right? It's late at night. He said, I didn't have energy to take one more step with my legs. That was Rabbi Shalom Kohen, who's 10 years younger than the rabbi. Hamvadya says, but we didn't learn tonight. I didn't learn. You want me to go to sleep? I didn't learn Torah tonight. He taught 3 million people. (laughs) He learns in the car when he drives. You think he just sits back and listens to music? He learned in the car. And he would learn in the helicopter when it took him. And still, he said, I didn't learn. He learned till 6 a.m. And I saw him. He didn't want to sleep in his bed because then it would be too hard for him to get out of bed for shachari in 40 minutes or an hour. So what he do? He laid down on the couch and I was, I went to the couch right there. I was watching the rabbi take that cat nap before shachari that morning. So when it came to Zikui Harabim, it was making the, uh, caring about the Jewish people out there. Obviously, that was his uh, forte besides everything else that he did. Unbelievable. Yes. Wow. Wow. Maran. So, Rabbi Shelby, I got to tell you, so much chizuk, so many gems, so much inspiration just from these stories for us to grow. Such a tzaddik, such a malach, such a holy rabbi. That uh, we should always try to strive to be like our forefathers in tzaddikim. I wish things could go on forever because I'm just enjoying every second of it. But unfortunately, there's a timer on. Right. And we have a minag by Torah Talks, the custom of a final message. If there would be message. one final message... Uh, that the rabbi could share with our broad audience. So like we said, there's a million messages we could learn from the rabbi. His marriage should be a blessing for all of us. But some people out there, whatever it is they're doing, they focus on one item 
and they forget about the other important things. If they want to steig and become the greatest Chacham, beautiful. And we're not talking about anyone we know, people far, far away. So they want to study 24-7. So when it comes to caring about people, they might not put as much energy into that like they should. I got to run to Yishi'ur. I got to get take my Gemara and go. So, you know, they might not, they might bump into someone even running to go to learn. And then you have people on the other side that they're doing chesed and they're caring and they're caring, but maybe they're not learning Torah. And maybe they're not worried about things. One thing, right? Out of the billion things that we could learn from the rabbi that I believe the world has to know, besides the caring and the learning and the, the love for Am Yisrael, is you can't lose focus on other things that are important as well while you're striving to be as great as you can be in every subject. So he strived for, it's like Kriyat Yam Suf, Am Yisrael, they walked through 12 aisles, it split into, right, and the, the Jews were crossing all of them. He took all his traits and he went through every single trait, every aisle, as good as he should be. No one ever got slighted by him and he learned more than anyone, right? Even Ronald Reagan in the 80s when when he was lucky to meet Hamavadiyah, Hamavadiyah didn't want to insult him. He's the President of the United States, but Hamavadiyah, I got to go learn. Right, so mm-hmm. he kept looking at his watch. To, he cares about Torah, but he doesn't want it. And Ronald Reagan asked him, "Rabbi, what are you looking at your watch?" He says, "Forgive me, I have to go. I have to go study." And he's like, "Why? You already know everything." He says, "We'll never know everything, right? We have to keep going." So, if there's one message we could tell the world is use all your strengths for every subject and don't uh, minimize anything by focusing on other. Important things in life. Amazing message, God Rabbi bless. David Chalvi yes. Slita. What inspiration, what chizu. The inspiration I got, I thank you. And I'm sure everyone enjoyed as much as I enjoyed uh, this special edition of Torah Talks, Chazak's Tuesday night program with special guests. We remind everyone at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every single Tuesday night. Chazak Torah Talks with special guests. Uh, it's been a small break because of the Chagim, because of the Hollies. But Baruch Hashem, we're back full force. Yagdid Torah Yadir, we want to thank our partners. Uh, everyone involved at the Chazak organization, headed uh, by Operation Manager Robbie, who does so much for Chalis over the Jewish people. We want to thank Torah Anytime for hosting this uh, broadcast as well. We want to thank Daily Giving. Uh, a dollar a day goes a very, very far away. And uh, this episode is going to be dedicated as well. Of course, uh, the Aliyana Shmava Maureno Avadia, but along uh, as uh, along with uh, my great uh, my grandfather, my mother's father, Malkiel Ben Yisrael Mizirate, is also uh, tonight, and uh, you should have, be a Melitzioshe and all of Kali Ser and Neshma Shem and anyone that wants to dedicate or be involved or suggest speakers for the future uh, Chazak Torah Talks, please send an email to info at chazak.org, info at chazak.org. Share this link and podcast to all your family and friends. Amen. Amen. Amen.